The following program was pre-recorded on WFAN. It's time for Hello, My Name is Craig, our weekly candid conversation about gambling addiction. It's supported by the Council on Compulsive Gambling of New Jersey, 800-GAMBLER. Now, here's Craig Carton. Good morning and welcome to another edition of Hello, My Name is Craig. Craig Carton with you for the next 30 minutes and open Frank Honest Conversation about gambling addiction. Joining me as always, my uh, partner here, from Epic Risk Management is Dan Trelaro. Dan, good morning. How are you? I'm well, Craig. Good morning. How are you today? Doing great. Thanks for uh, spending a half hour with us as always. And uh, also happy to have on the program today, Davis, who's a gambler in recovery as well. Davis, good morning. How are you? I'm great. How are you? Doing good. Uh, how long has it been since your last wager? Let's see. I think I'm coming up on 60 days tomorrow. Great. Well, congratulations on that. How do you feel? Thank you. Great, actually. Um, I just uh, just spent five weeks in in inpatient treatment for it. So, um, yeah, it's it's a bit weird. I got out a week ago, um, you know, not having any structure, but uh, the fact that I've never had 60 days before, so I never even made it past 30. So it feels great. I bet. Uh, You spent some time in the same rehab center I was at out in Prescott, Arizona, called Algamus, right? Correct, yeah. Well, I just wonder, we're going to get into your entire story, but having never committed yourself to that type of treatment, uh, what was it like for you the first day you went in as compared to the day you got out? Oh, man. Let's see. The first day I was in there, um, you know, I was really depressed and anxious about the whole thing. And um, I just remember, I remember I landed and I got there and I was like, why am I here? Like, what am I doing? Um, I just, I really just wanted to, you know, get out of there right. in a way. Like my fight or flight was just going crazy. Um but compared to my last day, I was so, like, I missed the place. Uh, I was so thankful that I went. Um, I missed all the people that I met, and I, I just learned so much. So I think it was it was well worth it. All right, well, let's get into your story. How old were you or young were you when gambling became a part of your life? And even before it became a problem, How? Uh, what was your first experience? I'd say 14 years old. I remember... Um, in school or middle school um or yeah i guess this would be 13 middle school the i remember there used to be a game called flip dollar that people would play in the bathrooms um or it's just you flip a dollar bill and if it lands on heads or tails you either win so they were just playing for dollars um but yeah i think that's the first time i ever gambled if i if i remember correctly Got it. And did it quickly become a problem, or was it more gradual, where you had a little fun in the bathroom, you won a couple bucks, lost a couple bucks, and then all of a sudden it grows to something? How long was that process for you? So, it it I it didn't start immediately. Um, I was playing sports at the time, so I wasn't really focused. And I was raised to think, you know, gambling's bad. Um. So it it didn't really hit me until about I'd say 16 or so. I um I started doing high risk behaviors, um, you know, against the law, which were you know for money and the biggest risk was your freedom, 
Um, I think I became addicted to that uh, mainly. I didn't even realize it at the time, but while I was in treatment, I realized that that's that's a gamble. So right you there. you were making bad decisions beyond wagering money. You were uh, were you a bad kid at sixteen? A kid that got in a lot of trouble? <laughs> Did you get in a lot of fights? What was going on? Yeah, I had a terrible reputation. Um, I didn't really get in trouble, per se. Uh, A couple times with the cops. I did get arrested twice at 16. But um, as for, like, school, I was a really quiet kid, so I really just kept to myself. Um, But law enforcement and authority I had a serious problem with at 16. Mm -hmm. So, yeah. Well, let me stop you there. Dan, uh, is there any research towards that kind of behavior and... A gravitation towards gambling, or are they mutually exclusive of each other? No, it's funny. I was just reading a, a research article about criminal justice involvement, um, criminal type activity, and gambling. Uh, you do see certain connected behaviors. You know, there's certain personality traits, like we've always said, that kind of lend lend a person to addiction. But but it's that impulsivity, right? And and what Davis just said also. You know, problem with authority, not wanting to really listen. Like, I know what I'm doing. You can't tell me what to do. And what's, what's interesting, Davis, is you said you grew up kind of knowing or was taught that gambling was bad, right? Like, right. it's just something you don't do, but you fall into the lifestyle. I mean, Craig, when I was in prison, I, I had people saying you get addicted to the lifestyle. You know, it's, it's just this fast money spends fast. It's this me against them mentality, problem with authority. And all of a sudden, you just start going down this rabbit hole, and it, it just keeps steamrolling and building upon itself. I think a lot of that for me, and I think, Dan, you agree, and Davis, I'd love to get your take on it, is when you look back on it, now that you've got some level of clarity because it's been 60 days without wagering, the thing that I regret, uh, maybe as much if not more than other things, were the other types of people that I decided to start spending time with. For sure. Yeah, yeah. Um, yeah. During during my gambling and um, risk taking behavior, I was definitely hanging around some very dangerous people. Right, right. Um, and I've always on. said, Davis, those people in my life, they didn't do anything wrong. You know, that's just how they live their lives. And I'm right. sure you have guys that used to be in your life where if you picked up the phone tomorrow, they'll pick you up on a street corner in ten minutes if you want them to. But those are people oh, you can't hang out with anymore. Exactly. Yeah. yeah. Um, the the lifestyle is really something I'm trying to focus on changing. I think that's the hardest part coming out of it. Because um, I, I was just so used to it for five years. Well, let's um, get into it. What? Um, how did your gambling become problematic? Give us uh, some background on what type of games you were playing and how quickly it became a real issue for you. Yeah, so 18 years old, um, I left my parents' house, and I got introduced to online gambling. Um, so I'm in the South. It's We don't have legal sites, um, so it was like some offshore gaming website. I'm not right. even going to say the name of it. Um, but yeah, I got introduced to that, and I found out, wow, I can make this fast money and take these risks without you know, possibly going to jail. Um, and I think I just, the first day I was trapped in it. Um, honestly, I think after the first bet, right. You know, I just, and let me just explain for people that don't know what Davis is talking about. And I think I'm right about this. Please tell me if I'm wrong. 
This is not like playing on the legal sites that you guys are playing on today. You were playing on credit and owed money to a guy in the street if you lost, and that same guy would pay if you won. Am I right on that? Yeah, I had yeah. a few bookies. Yeah. This site was with crypto that I started off with. Um, so it was a website. It just um, taking cryptocurrency. Yeah, watching the, the money US. that way. No, again, listen, a lot. Yeah. Just so people, there's a lot of people that are new to this. And I, we're trying to kind of educate yeah, and explain yeah. things along the way. And sure. for what people don't understand is that, yeah, you go to a website to gamble, but you know, you answer to a guy in the street, uh, whether right. you're paying or collecting. Yeah. He just, he just is using the technology of the moment to let you wager without having to call the guy 10 times a day. Just so people understand that. Good. Yes. Um, Yeah. So I've never been to a casino. Um, So 18, I get introduced to online gambling and um, you know, I was making really good money doing what I was doing um, illegally. So I just had, I don't know. Like I, I loved it. I loved the rush and I thought this was a way to get out of the illegal business and to make this quick money and it was fun and whatnot. Um, but it, it became a problem very fast. My, my numbers grew increasingly larger over time. Um, I don't, I don't like to talk about the numbers. Really. That's fine. You don't have to bring up the numbers. The point is that you started wagering more than you had. So you put yourself oh, yeah. in a spot where you had to start, right. you know, getting aggressive with the illegal stuff you were doing, selling things on the street, that kind of stuff, to make up for the debts you had from gambling. And that's a bad road to go down no matter how you cut it. Yeah. Yeah. So the the illegal stuff got bigger as I needed to pay off my gambling debts. Right. Um, And the danger for that is if you're moving significant weight, the jail time is going to be far more significant. Exactly. And it, it got into, you know, um, harder stuff that would also be right. Um, increasingly, I don't know. I, it was it was spiraling out of control. Uh, by the time 2020, I think um, I remember every deposit I would make, I would go all in, and it was. Um, I started off with roulette, online roulette. That was my game. Um, the worst thing that ever happened to me was running up huge on it. Right. Um, I spent like 12 hours straight playing it and just ran to a, a crazy number for my age. Um, but then I lost it all in three days. So, you know, I, I never, I think I cashed out over four years of playing, maybe, I don't know, five times. Right. So you left, yep. the, you left the money in the cat when you won big, figured I'm going to multiply <laughs> that number times two or three. And <laughs> next thing you know, the, you know, the money that was sitting there that you could have bought a car with, uh, doesn't exist anymore. And then you lose money exactly. on top of that, and now you're in a bad spot. <laughs> yeah. Yeah, well, I'm going to stop the story right there for one second. We'll take a quick break. We'll continue on with Hello, My Name okay. is Craig. Back to more of Hello, My Name is Craig on The Fan with your host, Craig Carton, and supported by the Council on Compulsive Gambling of New Jersey, 800-GAMBLER. Welcome back to Hello, My Name is Craig. Craig Carton, Dan Trelauer, and Davis are telling us this story. So for you, Davis... You're in a bad spot financially. You're doing bad things. You're going to get in trouble. What was the bottom of the barrel moment for you that made you say, all right, dummy, I got a problem. I got to go get help. Okay. So this was December of 2021. So kind of recently. 
Um, ever since that big win in 2019, um, I always was chasing that. And I had in the back of my head, I knew I could do it because I did it before. And if only I could do that again, get to this number, you know, I would stop. All my debt would be paid. I could stop doing what I was doing on the street. Um, so, yeah, December 2021, I got to that number. Um, and then I lost it all in 10 hours. Um, so, so you got you won all the money you needed to win to get out of the bind. You made a pledge to yourself. All right, if I get out of this bind, I'm done. You got out right. and you didn't stop. <laughs> no. Right. Once I was there, I was like, okay, well, why not double it? You know. Right. Of course, like enough's never enough. Um, I've I've lived that. I can oh, tell you yeah. how many times I was in a <laughs> casino playing blackjack, down big, made the vow to God. If I just get back to even, I walk out the door. God graced me. I got back to even. And nine hours later, I'm still sitting there like an idiot. I lived it. I know it. I get it. Yeah, the amount of times I talk to God about um, <laughs> my pending bets. Yep. It's crazy. Yep. Yeah. So um, what, hap- what happened in that moment? So, yeah, I lost it all. I actually threw up. I've never thrown up after a loss. Um, that was all my money that I had. I remember I'd like my deposit was like the last dollar I had. Um, and yeah, it was like 11 PM living at my mom's house. She was asleep, not knowing what I was doing up there on my phone. Um, and I just felt like, I don't even, words can't describe how awful that was that point in time um i was just like what am i doing like i'm 22 years old i'm in my in my room at my mom's house all my friends are in college and i just blew you know what my parents make a year in in one single bet and i just i don't i don't really know like i i've been um knowledgeable about addiction my whole life. Um, my brother was a recovering heroin addict. Um, I had problems with marijuana at a young age. So like I always in the back of my head knew that like eventually I would need to go to rehab. Um, so I reached out to a Reddit page actually, Hmm. um, after I lost this, it was like the middle of the night and I type on this problem gambling Reddit page that I found just like my story and how I was feeling right now. I was like, I can't believe I did this again, all this and that. And, um, a guy reached out to me and said, Hey Davis, uh, I hear a lot of people just like the same exact story that you have. I have a, um, like a gambling support group that I run on zooms. Like it's kind of like GA, but without the 12 steps, um, yep. he's like, yeah, you'd be, I'd be happy to have you in this group if you'd like to, you know, get, get your head on straight. And I was like, yeah, absolutely anything. Did was you, that Jeff uh, Davis? Was that Jeff? Is correct. Yeah. Did you yeah. tell your mom that you, uh, had gotten to this <laughs> level or that you had reached out or found this group or that you had a problem or did you continue to keep it from your mom at that point? So at this point, um, I was taking out loans. She knew about that. She knew how bad it was. Um, 
or she had an idea, not actually how bad it was. Um, so, yeah, I told her maybe like a week after I reached out online because just admitting, like admitting that I had a problem was one thing, but admitting that you reached out for help was just a whole sure. another thing for me. Um, it just took a lot to admit that. Um, but yeah, I eventually told my mom. Um, this was January of this year. So I did this group for about three months. Um, I found myself relapsing. Um, I'm big into the stock market. I love stocks. Um, but uh, yes, yeah, so I was like, well, maybe I'll just play options and not gamble. But, let, me, uh, let me stop you there for a second. Dan, I yeah, think this is yeah. an important part of the story because... Yeah. The majority of compulsive gamblers that stop do relapse before they get on the path for good. And I wonder if you could walk us through some of that. Yeah, you know, we, we, we definitely see people. It, it's like it, it's trying to start, right? You're trying to get started, and, and initially you stop, and things are good for the first couple of days. But, you know, you're, it's more about the white-knuckle stopping oftentimes we see, uh, not really starting to work on those character defects, not working on what's the reason, you know, what's not at ease, what's going on inside me, why do I still feel this pull? You know, listen, I, I'm 12 years, Craig, you're, you're almost four, and, you know, we, we still will have those moments in our life where we still want to gamble. I mean, it's crazy. We've, right. we've seen what it's done to us. We understand how it's destroyed our lives, yet that there's something still in there. It's the way we're wired. You know, our brains are wired a certain way. Our bodies are made a certain way where we don't process gambling, gambling in a healthy way. And it is normal to see people start again after stopping. And it could take a few iterations. And that's what makes it so difficult, not to mention, if you're not gambling with traditional methods. We just heard David say, and Craig, we had a guest on last week, options. Stock right, market. right. It could be daily fantasy sports. There's other things that that feed that itch. It's that that fast money, that excitement, that action, that rush, or that escape from a deeper problem that you still don't want to deal with. Well, not just that. Davis's life experience uh, is different in that Davis, you live the life of a guy that made really big, really fast money on a street corner. You know, which and you know, and I've met a lot of those guys when I was away. And, you know, you have that conversation. I get the mentality of it. You know, yep. if I can make a 1000 bucks in the next five minutes, how do you expect me to work for 15 bucks an hour? I get it. Exactly. Yep. So I guess right. the question yeah. is, you're out of Algamas. You're feeling really good about yourself right now. What's the plan? How do you continue the journey in the direction you've been going for the last two months? So one day at a time is huge. Um, I heard that a lot before I went into treatment and I heard it like the first week and, you know, it just kind of went in one ear out the other. Right. Um, but I really got the grasp on the idea. Um, when the doctor came and talked to us, um, but yeah, like literally one day at a time, that is all I try to focus on. Um, the plan, I would like to go to school. Um, I dropped out of college three times, um, during my addiction. Um, just because, you know, why am I sitting in school doing these classes when I'm making great money? Um, but, uh, yeah, so I, I'm still a freshman, or I would be if I went back. That's just something that, not even for the degree. I mean, the, the degree matters, but I would just like it for my personal self to finish that. Sure. Um, what I started that got hindered by the addiction. 
Um, Let me. Yeah, I, I, I really. I wonder yeah. this also. You know, I think you're the youngest guest we've had on this show, and one of the things that Dan and I talk about, and you know, Dan has spoken in uh, you know about a dozen or so colleges already to athletes. I'm doing a college tour this fall. We may do some stuff together on college campuses as well. For your peer group, for the guys and the girls that you are still friendly with, who are not you know doing bad things, how popular? Is online gambling? Extremely. <laughs> yeah. It is, it's it's crazy how it's just the cool thing to be a degenerate gambler right now, and they they use that term too, like like it's you know I don't I don't know how else to describe it, but if you're not like in in colleges down here, it's like if you're not betting on sports, you're nobody. Mm-hmm. Got it. That's that's kind of our biggest fear, right, Dan? Yep, that's the identity, right? If you're not if you're not being a part of it, I mean, we see it in the Greek life on the college campuses. Then, and that's part of the concern that the NCA has, you know, with sports betting, with integrity, with gambling. I mean, you know, Davis is basically voicing what the biggest concern is. Uh, and it, that's, it you know, is you've wild. Got to, you, if you're anybody, you gamble and you bet, and you just use the term that we try to move away from all the time, which is degenerate. Right. right. I, mean, I know, like, I know it's a bad yeah. term, but like they, they use it like it's the cool thing to be and stuff like sure. that. And um, yeah. you go on social media and like just people are like, I'm such a degenerate and all this stuff. Sure. And like, what are you saying about yourself? Like, I don't know. Well, Davis, um, the, I'm going to tell you something. I, I imagine you haven't heard a lot in your lifetime, but I hope you've heard it a lot in the last 60 days. And that is that I'm really proud of you. You know, it's not easy being a 22-year-old kid, having, you know, the addiction that you have, having the you know, life that you've lived, having a brother who also went through it with heroin. And to come out of it, at least for 60 days, clean, is a lot harder than people think. And you should know yeah. that there are people like Dan and I who are really proud of you and uh, are rooting for you to continue this life of recovery and you should know that thank you that means a lot thank you and your story is going to help other kids your age there's no doubt about that i sure hope so well listen i appreciate you coming on be well please stay in touch and good luck uh getting that college degree i hope that we can celebrate that with you a couple years down the line buddy (laughs) thank you so much all right take care have a great weekend all right bye-bye all right bye You know, Dan, before we wrap it up, uh, I'm glad uh, you set us up with Davis because, you know, a lot of the people we've talked to are older, have been in recovery longer, perhaps, and he's the first really, you know, young person, college-age addict that we've had on this show, and he represents hundreds of thousands of kids that we are most concerned about, and just listening to him, you know, you could still hear that he's a little immature still, as a kid his age ought to be. But I worry to death about a kid like that. I really do. Yeah, let me tell you, Craig. I, I just listening to Davis talk, and like, <clears throat> it makes me rethink, you know, the entire uh, safer gambling space, the language we use, our approach, you know, the, the message that we're sending. You know, when when the term degenerate is now cool right. amongst, you know, you know, it's just it's a lot to take in. As I was just sitting there, I was actually just taking some notes too because I've got to rethink 
and we have to rethink collectively our our dialogue. You know, whether it's the college tour in the fall or the work we're doing with the NCAA, we have to connect with people in the best way possible. And sharing our lived experience goes a long way towards that. Yep. But then also realizing that it's it's cool to be gambling. It's it's how you fit in. Sure. And he really drove that home today. Yeah, I also think you know the way he found help is a manner in which no one's ever considered before, and that is using the technology of the day. Like, you know, we talk a lot, yeah. and I'm thrilled that we have you know, 1-800-GAMBLER both in our lives and as a sponsor of the show, but a 22-year-old kid might not call them, but he's online, and he finds a support group through Reddit, which yep. nobody over 40 ever done. No, you're right. When he said that, that's one of the things I wrote down. He went on the Reddit thread. I looked it up, and, and sure enough, you can look up Reddit for problem gambling or problem gambling support, and there's just a whole thread on people who are just talking about how they're struggling and having a hard time. And it's, it's great. It's a tremendous resource. But I don't hear one commercial. I don't hear one advertisement. I don't hear any – no one signposting to that. It just, it just shows that there's so much that we have to learn, to, and we learn on a daily basis uh, and still have a long way to go. Yeah, I mean, there needs to be an Instagram, uh, you know, page. There needs to be a Twitter page. There needs to be a Reddit. There needs, there needs, there needs. And you know, God knows there's enough uh, revenue coming in for somebody to do it. But I think we're going to lose a generation of kids if we don't do it. Yeah, I agree. That let's, uh, boy. Yeah, our good friend Jeff uh, helped set us up with Davis today, and I'm so glad he did. And you know, it was just great to hear. Uh, Davis's perspective. So, you know, like you said, proud of him and just hoping and praying that he continues to do things uh, in the right direction one day at a time. Well, you don't know this, but you're about to find out that we have a very special guest next week on the show. And, you know, one of the things that happens with compulsive gamblers is a loss of hope. One of the things that happens at times is a loss of spirituality. And uh, we'll be sitting down in person with Joel Osteen, on next week's show to try wow. to uh, give us some of that hope back and walk us through, you know, how important it is for many of us, not all of us, oh. to have a higher being in our lives. And I'm looking forward to that. I love it. I've, I've read his books. I've watched them when I was away. And uh, I can't wait. I, I've listened to Joel so many times. That's fantastic. Well, that'll be next week. In the meantime, Mark Melusis is up next. Dan, have a great rest of your weekend. And I always appreciate your time. Thanks, Greg. You too. All right. Evan and I are back Monday at 2 o'clock. All the Yankees, all the Mets, and, of course, everything else that happens that affects you here in New York. Appreciate your time. Thank you for listening to Hello, My Name is Craig.